Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. Hey, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Great to have you here in person today and then online today as we are thinking about what are the things that you prepare for in life. And you think about it, is it getting married or, or uh, having children or even retirement or, or daily preparation we make? How many are you thinking about getting your kids ready for school and, you know, getting all the supplies and wondering, you know, how long is this going to last and is it going to be in person and online and just all that's going on, all the preparation at work, you're, you're getting uh, kind of some plans made for that big deal or you're, you're thinking about how do you, you know, even prep yourself in the morning. And so, so we're thinking about here, we prepare really in our lives for the things that we really love. And you know, um, wouldn't it be just cool to think about that we would be a people who would be so excited to prepare to know the great love of our God? more and more and more in our lives. And that as we are in this new season here at this church, kicking off this year, we're gonna be focusing on prepare. And how do we prepare our hearts and lives to know our God and to come and enjoy his beautiful word? And so we have that privilege to come together to do that. And you see, you guys, we really do prepare for the things that we love. Let me, let me tell you why. My dad, Neil Adams, he's, he's 87 years old. Yeah, come on. And he is, he, he, um, he's kind of a night owl. You know, he loves to kind of uh, stay up till about midnight, sleep in a little bit. Anyone, uh, anyone like that? Kind of not a morning person. That's why you're here at 1045. <laughs> Hey, welcome. And so uh, my dad hates getting, you know, getting up in the morning early. And, and yet, if you tell him, Neil, tomorrow we're going out on a great family fishing trip. Yeah. 4 a.m. in the morning, baby, he's up. And he's ready to go. And he's got his gear on. And he's equipped and he's prepared to go fishing. Because you know why? We prepare for the things we really love. Okay. So, you know, in your life, what are you preparing for? Our, and so as we think about this new year, is, and we think about this opportunity to prepare you in the word of God, you know, are we a people, we prepare you in the word of God, why? So that you will know and love the God of the word. The word of God is, is that which will help us in growing and understanding and maturing in him more and more. And knowing the greatness and the beauty of our God in our life. And so, so we're going to be looking at that the, the next several weeks, and not just this week, but throughout this year, how can we equip you in the word of God and to know and to understand it? But listen, 
you know, some of you come here today and you have not grown to love the Bible. Now, why is that? Well, one of the reasons is we are all in different levels. And Barry, there's a little bit of hum going on here. We all have different levels and some of us are feeling overwhelmed and you say, John, that's why I come here so that you will tell me what I need to know about the Bible. (laughs) But what's the problem with that? Well, that depends on who you are. One of the problems is this, is this, we're busy and so it's hard to kind of read and equip ourselves in the word of God, right? Right? And, and, you know, I remember when I was in our 20s, Lizanne and I, we had young kids. It was so hard in those days to, you know, you were so busy. And yet, you know, still in those days, are we? Are we finding the time to get into the Word of God? Or maybe you feel inadequate to get into the Word. And you just don't feel like, I don't have the tools. I don't have those abilities. Or some of you are... You know, you're, you're getting into the preparation of other people's work to prepare the word of God. And that's okay. But there's something better that you can this year. We want to give you and encourage you and prep you and equip you and make you ready to dig into the word of God yourself to be a self-feeder. So that you will feed yourself and you will grow and you will desire to know him more and make him known. And so we need to prep in the word of God so that we will really, we talk about this all the time, flourish in God's grace. And many of you here in this church who are live or in, or in online, you guys are prepping in the word and great job. And we want you to kind of help others to do so as well. So um, maybe you've heard it, uh, someone say, Give me a fish, and I will eat for a day, but teach me to fish, and I will eat for a lifetime. Well, so today, I've prepared a meal for you. I've studied, I've done the work of getting ready to, in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 12, and we're going to be looking in that, and I've prepared a meal for you, but how much better it is, is if I can, and our pastors and elders could teach each one of you how to come fish for yourself. How do you get the raw, beautiful word of God and dive into it deeply and grow in your knowledge and understanding of it? This is this year, we want to teach you to fish. And so to speak, and for you, and as you do, you will learn to flourish in God's grace as you prepare to read and enjoy the Bible. So to begin on prepare, we're starting again in the book of Ephesians. In chapter four, beginning verse 11, if you have your Bibles or your handhelds, look there with me and really important for us to kind of dive in and see this word for ourselves and study it and meditate on it and and dive into this. So this is God's holy word, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. Will you stand together with me if you're here in person as we read God's word? And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints 
for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Amen. You may be seated. So we have seen already this, that we prepare for the things that we love. And the first thing that we're going to see from this passage is pastors are to prepare God's people. Now I want to give you a little bit of background on the letter of Ephesians. And to do so, I want to encourage you here online or live on or online, we're going to be showing a video. This is from the thebibleproject.org. I'd really recommend it. Go to it, and you can, you can dive into every book of the Bible. It gives a great overview of the Scripture. So check this out for just a moment, this overview of the book of Ephesians. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. The story of how Paul came to the city of Ephesus is really interesting. You can go read about it in Acts chapter 19. Ephesus was a huge city. It was the epicenter of worship for most of the Greek and Roman gods. And for over two years, Paul had a really effective missionary presence there, and lots of people became followers of Jesus. Years later, after being imprisoned by the Romans, Paul wrote this letter. The movement of thought in the letter divides into two really clear halves. In the first half, Paul is exploring the story of the gospel how all history came to its climax in Jesus and in his creation of this multi-ethnic community of his followers. The second half of the letter is linked to the first by the word, therefore. And here Paul explores how the gospel story should affect how we live every part of our life story, personally, in our neighborhoods and communities and in our families. You see, the city of Ephesus was big and bustling and religious. There were all kinds of gods and false gods, false gods and paganism that was being preached. There was all sorts of money being thrown around because Ephesus, again, was a port city that was actually a link between the West and the East. And so many people came to Ephesus to kind of make their fortune. Many people from very different nations and people groups were there. And so Paul came to preach this gospel to unify God's people in the church of very different people coming together all in this one church. And so we see that in Ephesians 4, verse 4, it says, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one father of all who is who, 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 one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. You see, unity in Ephesus and Ephesians, this letter, Paul is saying, is a mark of the church. Are you guys getting together with people who are different from you? Are you open to that? Are we kind of growing in that as a church? That's what was, that was the context of the church of Ephesus. And there we see in verse number seven that Jesus gave gifts, grace gifts, super abundant stuff that he gave and he gave ultimately himself. That's what he says in verse seven. Verse eight, he goes on to say, when he, Jesus, ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. In verse 10, he said, he ascended far above all the heavens that he, Jesus, might fill all things. Now, what does that remind us of as we hear Paul teaching this? You know, it reminds me of Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission, 
where Jesus, right before he is ready to ascend to heaven, he gathers his apostles around him and he says to these disciples who just a few weeks earlier were, were abandoning him, he was saying to them, look, I have all authority in heaven and earth and I am deputizing you, I am commissioning you to go and make disciples, followers who know Jesus and know me and, and I'm gonna make you do that with all nations, all people groups. It doesn't matter the, you know, your background or color or who you are. I am going to spread my message throughout this world. I am calling you to and giving you that authority to do so. And I'm going to give you gifts. And so we see in Ephesians chapter 411 that the one office we know continues in the church today is that of shepherds and teachers. You see, that is two important roles in one office. You know, when you hear this word shepherd, what do you think of? You know, what I think of is this. Psalm 23, <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, I love G.B. Phillips, I lack no good thing. You see, guys, you know this, many of you, if the Lord is your shepherd, you lack nothing. We sang it this morning, do you believe it? You, you know, Jesus is all we need, but do we believe it until we all, that he's all we've got, Right? And do we really live that way? Here in the, in the transition from chapter 1, 2, and 3 that Paul teaches about the gospel and who we are and, and what we're to believe, now he's talking about how the church is to live. And so we are to live as people who are equipped by shepherd teachers. And so my role is and Tim and Mark and our elders is to equip you in the word and to shepherd you and care for you through this process. And so we're to shepherd you, but also we're to teach you. And then that's the equipping role where uh, verse 11 says that pastors, shepherds and teachers are to equip the saints. The word equip means literally to make someone adequate or sufficient for a purpose. And, you know, that's a daunting task for anyone, right? And for a pastor to do that, this is really, really not easy things. Can I, can I speak to you for just a moment, pastors and elders, and speak to myself? Being a pastor is not for the faint of heart. But if we don't prep God's people, they will be reliant on other things, they will fall into other loves. They will not find that God is that their chief love when they are not equipped in the glorious word of God. And so, so one of our roles is, our role as shepherd teachers is to equip y'all. And, and the reason why we do this, guys, is because we prepare for the things that we love. I love you. I love this church. I love the members and the guests of this church. I love this community. And I want to see God's best for every one of you. And so together, that's why I'm urging you. Let's together prepare. 
Let's together to prepare in God's word. So we prepare for the things that we love. But secondly, we're going to see that God's people are to be prepared. So that you might ask the question in your life, why are you not being prepared? You know, some of you feel angry because you got hurt by someone, in, a Christian in the church. Maybe you saw hypocrisy or you saw legalism. Or you saw people's lives that just didn't align to the word of God. And you said, that can't be true. But, you, you, but guys, the ones that we worship, the one that we, the faithful one we sang about today is not the people. It's God himself. It's Jesus Christ. And we together are, you know, we're all going to struggle with sin. And yeah, we are all growing in Christ. And we all have to learn how do we deal with our anger. Maybe we need to forgive. Maybe we need to accept people that are imperfect. Huh? Because we all need Christ to accept us. And he has. So some of you are struggling with anger. And some of you are, are busy you know, it's a, it's a condition of our times and of our culture, and especially in this community. You know, the, it's a tough thing because you guys have really busy lives. I know your lives. I know your work. I know your families. And I know how much a struggle it is to get any kind of space and time to pause and time to reflect. But what, what I'm calling you to in your life is to take that moment, to take that time and take that pause and begin to prepare yourself in God's word and learn how you can continue to kind of grow and grow and get ready for what he's going to do in your lives. You know, um, I, uh, when my girls were little, I taught them both how to ride, Melissa and Christy, how to ride their bikes. Any dads done that with your kids? And you know, it's a little bit of a daunting task because you get in, you're like, okay, I'm going to get them on this machine and cause them to kind of go on their own. And that's, you know, and you know, this is always going to end well, right? <laughs> and and uh, so you teach your kids, you know, okay, this is a bike. Okay, this is how you get on, girls. And these are pedals, and you start pushing on those things with your feet like this. And then you kind of get behind them, and you start, you got to learn to balance. And now you got to learn, this is a handlebar. you got to learn to steer this puppy. And now, <laughs> you know, you're learning, you're teaching them how to steer, and you're behind them. And now, I'm going to let go of you, and you're going to go. And by the way, these are brakes. And, 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 you know, it's like this super big trust moment where you're like, okay, I remember I, I actually got in roller skates behind my girl and I'm skating on alongside them and I'm pushing so I can keep up with them in case they fall. And, but at some point, you got to let them go. But are you, are you not just preparing others, but are you being prepared? Are you learning to ride the bike of the word of God, so to speak? Are you taking the steps for yourself to be prepared in God's word.
And so this year, what we are calling you to is opening your life to prepare. And here's how our elders and pastors hope to prepare you. Our focus this year is going to be called, that very word prepare, an intentional pause to be equipped in God's word for the journey to flourish in God's grace. Do you know that the word Sabbath means literally to cease all labors, or it can be called, it can be defined literally to pause in your life. And so today, you have paused You've stopped your work. You're here today, those of you in person and those online, and you're saying, I am pausing to Sabbath, to reflect on God. And we're calling you to pause in this, in this new year like a comma. You know, um, commas in the English language are pretty important because they teach us to pause. Um, like, consider the... the, the um, the, the sentence uh, that is said this way. Let's eat, comma, grandma. <laughs> Let's eat, grandma. Or you take that comma out of that sentence and it sounds a little worse, right? Let's eat, grandma. <laughs> See, a comma, it's a silly illustration, Right? But you got to have that pause because it changes your life and it changes the way that you look at things. And when we learn to pause in our life, God says that we're to take one day in, in seven to pause and reflect on him and his glory and goodness. And so this year, we are going to cause and teach you to take that intentional pause like a comma. And the word comma is actually an acronym for a tool that we're going to be teaching this year. We'll teach this over and over to you, but comma stands for this. C, context. Get that context. O, observation. What do you see in the words and the details of the passage? M, meaning. What does the passage really mean in its original intent by the author? And how do we see and know the meaning for today? And then second M, your motive of your heart that influences how you see the word of God. And then finally, A, application. Throughout uh, Sunday mornings, throughout this year, we're going to be kind of showing you how our pastors have unpacked the passage for ourselves and teach it to you in a way that you'll see this intentional pause over and over again. And then we're teaching your life group leaders. We have about 25 life groups and then our D groups, our discipleship groups, we're teaching your leaders how to use this tool common. We're going to ask you this year, you know, even if you have your own method, and believe me, friends, I have probably used every Bible method imaginable to man. But this year, I'm going to try to use comma because I want to come together with you and kind of get on the same page and take that intentional pause to prepare my life in the word of God. And so we're asking you to kind of begin to join us in this journey to use comma to prepare your life in this way. Well, some of you right now, maybe you've come and you're feeling a little bit of shame. Or maybe you're feeling overburdened or you're feeling something like this. Uh, I, John, I feel like a terrible Christian right now. And, and now we're doing this church thing together 
And, and um, you know, I feel overwhelmed and I want to check out. Well, I want to speak to you for just a moment. I want to say to you in your life, please don't do that. Because look at this. Let me tell you three things about the Bible real quickly. This is not just a cold grouping of facts. The Bible is not just, you know, it's not just a, like an encyclopedia. Let me tell you three things that it is quickly. It's the greatest GPS you'll ever find. You know what? Philippians 2.16 says, the word of God is like the word of life. It leads you from death to life. And so if you don't know Jesus, I'm going to pray this year that you will get to know Jesus as your God and Savior, and you will cross over from death to life. And many of you have. And we know as we follow what the Word of God has for us and use it as a a GPS that we're going to be exactly where God wants us and lead us to life, not just heaven, but to learn how to live right now. Secondly, word of God is, the, another picture of the word of God, it's this is the best meal you will ever eat. In Psalms, David says, open your mouth, the Lord is, he's speaking us from the Lord. Open your mouth and I will fill it, says the Lord. You see, what you need to st- Stop filling your mouth with is junk food. Or some of you are spiritually bulimic or anorexic. Really, you're starving and you don't even know it. You're not eating the word of God. And you don't even realize you're so caught. You're lifeless. You're walking walking around and you're starving. And what we want to teach you is, look, how do you refresh yourself in the beautiful, tasty richness of the Word of God? And thirdly, see, it's not just like a GPS. It's not just like a great meal. Thirdly, this is the best part, I think. It's like the most beautiful love letter you'll ever read. You know, when... uh, uh, a couple of years ago, I was on a trip away from Lausanne for about a week and a half, and I hate it because I don't travel very much. My wife of 34 years. And, you know, uh, and she put into my luggage these little notes here and there, and I just loved finding those notes. When I found those little love notes, I'd read them, and she would just tell me how, why she loved me, and she missed me, and I felt like she was right there just for a moment. And I was longing for her, and I was saying, wow. Wow, what love. You know what? More than anything else, this, the word of God, is like a beautiful love note to you. Saying, how much, how much God loves you. And it's not fluffy. And it's not just feeling. It's Christ died for you. And so we, out of love for you guys, want to call you to pause and prepare. Yes, use comma as a tool, but but prepare your heart and life to, to 
dig into the word of God and to love the love letter that God has given to us. See, it's, but the most important thing in your life is, is really not to read the Bible daily. Did you hear that? That's not the most important thing. Because, you know this, people in the Bible who read the Bible daily were some of the people Jesus had the hardest time with. Right? They were the religious folks. So you can even read your Bible that way if you're not careful. The most important thing you could do is to rest, trust the rescuing love of God for you. Listen, you got to remember the backstory of the Bible. God created everything, man and woman, and they fell into sin. And like our original parents, we still struggle with sin and rebellion. But motivated out of love for us, for some crazy reason, our father sent his perfect son to ultimately die on a cross. But before Jesus died, then we find this in John 14 through 16. Jesus, on the night that he was prepared, you know what he was doing right before he died? He was preparing a party for his faithless followers. Jesus also stooped before his disciples and he washed their feet, which was a sign of the most servant position in that culture of that day. And he prepared them a meal, which we're going to take in just a moment, that perpetually celebrated his love for his often faithless followers. And he submitted to being not just arrested, but cruelly tortured, beaten on a cross. He took our ultimate shame and blame on himself. And after his resurrection, you know what? He ascended into heaven. He poured out his, himself, his Holy Spirit, on every one of his followers. And Jesus do you know what Jesus is doing right now, gang? Do you know? John 14, chapter 1, verse 1 and 2 tell us. Jesus says this to his disciples, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would have I told you that I go, what? To prepare a place for you, for you. Oh, what wondrous love is this, oh my soul, oh my soul. Oh, what wondrous love is this. Do you know, do you really know how great the affection of God is for you? You see, Jesus, motivated by his love, is still preparing for us. And so we, in smaller and lesser ways, aren't we going to be motivated by love for him to prepare for him? Church, you have been loved with an everlasting love. And God has called us. 
to respond and say, Lord, yeah, this may not be easy. This may not always be a comfortable path, but I want to prepare in your word and to know you more and to make you known. You see, we desire to prepare here in this church not just to go to heaven, but to help you prepare to know God and to get ready for our eternal future with God by growing in his word right now. You know why? You know why, church? We prepare for the things we really love. Let's pray. Lord, you have loved us so. Thank you. Thank you, God, for your everlasting love for us. And we give you praise and glory and honor that you are our God and King. So right now, Lord, we just want to say to you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. How could we say a hundred times, a thousand times, thank you that you rescued us and you care for us, that you love us so. God, I pray for those who are here and those who are online, those that don't know you, that they would see there is no other God, there is no other person that will love them like our God. God, I pray that their hearts right now, that you online or in person, if you've never received the saving, rescuing love of God, just simply say to him, God, I turn from my sin. I turn and say, Jesus, fill me, change me, save me. Enter into my life, change my world. And Lord, for those of us that do know you, We just want to take just a moment. We prepare for so many things. Are we preparing for God? Is he the one we sang this morning? Jesus, you're more than enough. You're, you're, you're all I really need. But do we, are we preparing for him? So let's just take a moment of silent repentance, confession, as that's one of the steps we do regularly to get our hearts ready to be realigned to experience and know the love of our great God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Take a moment now.
Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you that you say, as we confess our sins, you say we are forgiven. Praise your name, Lord. Thank you for the freedom that you offer that we receive the forgiveness of sins in a relationship with you forever and ever more. God, thank you so much. And so God, we just praise you. And together as a church family, we thank you that we come to this perpetual meal called the Lord's Supper. And Lord, do that mysterious work by the power of your spirit to not just make this a memorial, but to apply it to our hearts and change us to live differently, God, for your glory and your fame. Prepare us, even now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at The Vine CC. Have a great week.